My name is Kenny Mukwena. I am the pastor of a church in Hatfield called Blessed Generation Church. We are located at 1025 Park Street. So if you are around the Pretoria area on Sunday or on Wednesday, please join us. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. and on Wednesday at 1800 hours. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We are talking about a message titled The God of Supply. This message is about seeing the heart of God that is revealed in His Son Jesus. The Bible in the book of Acts 10 20, uh, 38 says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good, healing all healing all those who were oppressed of the devil because God was with him. So Jesus, when he was on this earth, he was in the business of doing good. He went everywhere and did a lot of good. And the last verse of the book of John says that if the, the things that he did were written in the scriptures, the whole world would not even be sufficient to carry the books. So today we are talking about the God of supply because throughout the Old Testament, we just see God as a God of supply. We just see him supplying and supplying and supplying and dispensing his goodness. As a matter of fact, the very book of Genesis, we see God in five days creating every everything. And then on the sixth day, the Bible says God created man. In, 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 in verse 26 and 27, the Bible says then God said, let us make men in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every cattle, and over the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, so God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. So that was, the, that was day number six. That's why in the Bible, six is a number of men. Every time you see number six in the scriptures, if you interpret that context by revelation, you'll always see that it refers to men. Now, it's very interesting that before God created men, he didn't create men first and then start creating the other things. By the time man was created, he, God was already done with creation. Now, this very interesting. Um, in Genesis 28, we see then God blessing men. Um, uh, because God said, uh, the Bible says God bless the man and said be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and so on. But in verse 29, we see something else so interesting. And At this time, God had not yet formed man. God has only created man with himself. In verse 29, Genesis 1, 29, the Bible says he said to Adam, look or see, I've given you every herb that yields seed which is on the face of the earth and every tree whose fruits yield sealed seed and to you it shall be for food now for a long time i read this scripture and i never paid attention to it until one time the lord drew me to the scripture and said read it softly read it and i read it and i finished and i and i still could not see what god wanted me to see until the last part he said read the last part where it says to you it shall be for food now the 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 herb, herb and the fruit it was for food but then it says the herb that yields seed and the, the 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 tree whose fruit yields seed so we see seed there but the emphasis in this scripture i thought because it mentions seed twice now the emphasis was on the seed but if you check also 
we also have herbs and have fruit which both of them are for food so equally the seed is for sowing but the food is for eating now if you look at what god the instruction that god gave to adam adam he said to you it shall be for food god did not create an obligation to adam for him to sow the seed but by revelation i believe that adam knew that the seed was for sowing where we find god talking about seed time and harvest is in genesis 8:22 after noah came out of the of the ark and this is very important because at that time there was so much evil on earth and god was beginning a new relationship and putting things into perspective and i'm not trying to imply that when god said for as long as heaven uh, and earth still remains uh, seed time and harvest shall never cease cease um, um it was not applicable in genesis 1 29 the difference is that the instruction or what god said to men was to you the herb and the fruit shall be for food but adam knew that the seed was for sowing now this is very important for us in so far as this title we're dealing with the the, the god of supply that yeah clearly based on the context of this scripture God is revealing himself or showing himself to Adam as the one who supplies for the needs of Adam. It is not Adam who supplies for his needs. As a matter of fact, if you look at uh, um, Genesis 2, verse 15, this is after the man was formed and the responsibility that God gave to man. He, he gave this responsibility to Adam after he formed him where he said, then God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it now this is this was not toiling by no means this was not toiling this was actually management remember in the new covenant we we are not people that are lazy we are people that do work but our work does not produce toiling our work is very less effort because we are empowered by the grace of God to prosper in everything that we do. We're actually like trees planted by the rivers of water that bear fruit in their season, whose leaf never withers, and whatsoever we do prospers. The grace of God empowers us to prosper. That is why Philippians 4.18 says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In him I live and move and have my being. So, it is the power that works in us in accordance with Ephesians 3, verse 20, that sustains us, not ourselves. So when God in Genesis 2.15 said to, to um, uh, and, uh, Adam, you must tend and keep the garden, it was management. It was work without effort. God did not create the obligation on Adam when he created him, when he was with him before he came to earth for Adam to toil. He gave them provision. When he was with him, he gave him provision. He said, the herb is for your eating and the fruit is for your eating. He never said, but the seed is for sowing. So today what I see um, in books, what I see in sermons is that we emphasize giving as if giving is more superior than the gift of God. We elevate giving um, in accordance with Luke 638 and we call it sowing. Given it shall be given back to you that it is it is sowing. And in my messages that I've been preaching in the in, in the previous weeks, uh, the truth about giving, I emphasize the fact that God is the one who supplies our needs. And from what he has supplied to us, we then give. So from what we have received, we give. And we also see this, uh, this kind of mindset in the life of Jacob. When you look at the Bible in the book of 
um, Genesis 28, it talks about Jacob when he when he ran, he ran away from his brother Esau and Esau wanted to kill him. And the Bible says he got to Bethel and, you know, he fell asleep. He woke up. Actually, while he was asleep, he saw a vision, a ladder moving from him to heaven and angels ascending and descending upon him. And then at the end of the ladder, um, he, the Lord spoke to him and told him that he's the God of Abraham and, and so on, the land where he was lying. God was going to give it to him and God promised to be with him and he said to him, I will not leave you until I've done everything that I've said I will do for you. It's very interesting even there that God said to, God came and said to, to, to Jacob, because of your father Abraham, I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. I'm going to do this for you. And then he finished by saying, I will not leave you until I have done everything that I've promised that I'm going to do. And you look at it, it was not because of Jacob, but it was because of who Jacob was associated with. It was because of his father, Abraham, because we see that when God introduced himself, he introduces himself as, he says, I'm the God of your father, Abraham, and the God of Isaac. And remember, Jacob was the son of Isaac, but God did not say, I'm the God of your father, Isaac, and the God of Abraham. He says, I am the God of your father, Abraham. And the God of Isaac. He referred to uh, Abraham as his father, as the father of Jacob, because God was in covenant with Abraham. And this is very important because even us today, we are blessed not because of what we do. We are blessed not because of our efforts. We are blessed not because of our goodness, but because of our association with Christ. Because we are, you know, we, we have been brought into the covenant by Jesus Christ. If you read the Bible in the book of Ephesians 2 verse 11, the Bible says, um, uh, you Gentiles must remember that previously you were aliens from the commonwealth and strangers from the covenants of promises. You were without hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So the blood of Christ has brought us into the covenant. We are now fellow citizens with the saints. We are no longer strangers of, of, the, of the covenants, of promises. We are no longer foreigners to the commonwealth. Now the blood of Christ has brought us in. So our association with Christ brought us into the blessing, into the storehouse. That's why the Bible refers to, the, to, to, to uh, uh, you know, Israel as the commonwealth and then the covenants of promises because the commonwealth originates from the covenants of promises god made a promise to abraham and then he blessed uh, israel because of abraham and now when the bible says we are we we, we we were we were aliens to the commonwealth meaning we were not citizens of israel and then we were strangers from the covenants of promises that we did not know the covenant promises of God. And then it says, because we were not in covenant, we were without God, we were without hope in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, we were far off, have been brought near by the blood of Christ. So so when, when God said to Jacob, um, uh, uh, I am the God of your father Abraham and the God of Isaac. And then he told him that the land where you are, I'm going to give it to you as an inheritance. And then he told, made all these promises and then he said to him, I will not leave you until I've done what I've said to you. And then the Bible says Jacob woke up. When he woke up, he said to himself, wow, uh, God has been in this place and I've no, I was not aware of it. And then he says, this is none other than the house of God. And then the Bible says he anointed the stone where he was lying and he said, this shall be God's house. And then he made a very powerful statement. The Bible says Jacob made a vow 
And then he said to the Lord, look at, look, listen to the vow that Jacob made to the Lord. I think we find that in verse 20, uh, Genesis 28 verse 20. It says, if the Lord will be with me and keep me in this way that I'm going and give me food to eat and clothing to put on, then God shall be my God. And of all that you give me, I will give you the tenth. Now, look at this. Jacob made a vow. The vow was actually not even necessary if you look at it because God said, he ended by saying, I will not leave you until I've done everything that I've promised you. Full stop. He never put any obligation on him. He never told him about giving. He never told him about tithing. He never told him about anything that he had to do for him. The same way that when God created man in Genesis chapter 1, in verse 28, he blessed the man. He empowered the man. He said, be fruitful, multiply, replenish the earth, and subdue it. He said, you are the one who must do these things because I've empowered you. My blessing empower you. You must remember how the blessing works. The blessing is actually the, the one that produces the tangible. It is the divine. The blessing is the Holy Spirit upon our lives. Now, the divine manifests into the physical and becomes tangible substance. Now, that is why uh, uh, um, if you look at the Bible in the book of Proverbs 10, 22, it says, the blessing of the Lord and then it says in the King James, it maketh rich, but it's not the, the proper translation. It's not it maketh rich. It's he makes rich because the blessing is the Holy Spirit upon our lives. That is why Jesus said in Acts uh, 1 verse 8, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit come upon you. When the Holy Spirit come up on you, you shall receive power. So the Holy Spirit came on the upper room. The blessing rested on us. And then in this place... You remember when Jacob, when Isaac prayed for Jacob, he said, may God give you of the dew of, the, of, of heaven and of the, of the firstness of the earth. May God make you fruitful and multiply and give you the blessing of Abraham. So Jacob already had the blessing of Abraham. And when God said, I will not leave you until I've done the things that I've promised to you, he was talking about the blessing of Abraham. He was going to do it through the blessing of Abraham that he had put upon him, not based on what Jacob was going to do. Jacob did not need to make a vow to God. He did not need to make a vow. Now, but I like his vow. I like his vow because his, his vow, it's in line with the message I'm preaching here today. In his vow, he says, if God would be with me, the problem is with the if. But I also don't have a problem with the if because it still drives the point. Because he's challenging God to supply to him first. And then he says, if God would be with me and provide for me, from what you are going to provide for me, I'm going to give you the tenth. That is why we say we do not tithe for the blessing we tithe from the blessing we do not tithe to be blessed we tithe because we are blessed i like this vow if i were him well by revelation i i, I would have just said lord i thank you so much full stop and then when he provides for me then i give the tithe why do you have to say if as if you are doubting that god is going to be with you as if you are doubting that God is going to provide for you. There's something wrong with that vow. That is why I have a problem with a man of God who will stand on the pulpit and say, make the vow of Jacob. Why do you have to make the vow of Jacob when Jesus Christ has died for you? Do we have to pray in the New, in New Testament times and say, Lord, if you would bless me. What are you saying if you say, if you will bless me? You are being ignorant of the fact that God has given you his son Jesus already. So now when you look at, 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 at Genesis 1 verse 28, the blessing came upon men. And the blessing is the one that produces. 
bother to choose is the blessing that produce or your sowing. That is why in, in verse 29, he gave him seed twice from the herb and from the fruit, but he only addresses the eating. He doesn't address the seed. Why? Because he doesn't want to create obligations. The minute he create obligations, the minute he tells Adam that your provision is in your sowing, then Adam will look at the seed for his provision. He will never look at God. That is why God says, eat. Now, by revelation, you see, the things that you do by revelation, they don't create any obligation on you. The things that you do by revelation, they create delight on you, not obligations. That is why we need to see the heart of God. The minute we see God as a God of supply, we will not look at ourselves. We will not look at ourselves to try and find, you know, provision. We will not look at the seed as the source. As much as giving is so important, and I'm a giver myself, but I don't look at my giving as my source. No, I don't do that. And I know someone will say, no, then you don't have faith in your, in your giving. No, my faith is not in my giving. My faith is in Christ. That is why I like the, the New Living Translation version of Romans 10, 17, which says faith comes from hearing and hearing the good news about Christ. So that's what we need to hear, the good news about Christ in the days that we are living in. I like also another verse in the book of Genesis, which also addresses the point that I'm addressing here. Um, Genesis, Genesis 2, verse 16, if you read it from the NIV, I love this. Uh, God says to Adam, you are free. To eat from every tree in the garden. Full stop. I love that, man. I love that. The New King James says, From every tree in the garden, you may freely eat. Doesn't that sound like Romans 8.32? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things i love that man i love you know i love the things that god give us for free um there's a scripture in the bible where god uh, actually the apostle paul says we have received not the spirit of the world but the spirit who is from god that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by god we need to see god as the god of supply and the minute we see God as a God of supply, we can depend on him and make him our source. Do you know that when the Bible talks about humility in the scriptures, or we talk about you growing in maturity, you grow in maturity when you develop childlike faith. And, you know, childlike faith can be defined into many things, but the two things I always look at insofar as child, childlike faith is concerned, number one, a child is totally dependent. A child totally leans on his parents. That's number one. Number two, a child is fearless. A little child is fearless, not worried. I mean, I've got a, I've got a, I've got a, a, a baby who is um, one year, um, around six months or so. My baby is fearless. She's scared of nothing. I mean, if a frog will come next to her, she will grab that frog and put it in her mouth. She will not be worried about whether this thing is poisonous or not. She's free. And that's, this is the kind of faith that we need to have. So when you grow in maturity, you grow to be more dependent. You, be, you grow to be more trusting. You become fearless. You are not worried about anything. You know, that's why the scripture says, these sons shall follow them that believe. And one of the things it says, if you take, you, you will take up serpents and you will drink any deadly thing and it shall not harm you. Now, today we want to cleanse everything that we 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 eat we people will say no i can't eat without before i pray no 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 
you are under the blood when you eat you give thanks for the food that you eat you are the blessing the blessing cleanses everything you are the blood of christ is working in your life and it cleanses everything don't live life so conscious of everything i mean man don't even have faith in just your prayer don't have faith in your prayer as a matter of fact have faith in christ because he never sleeps no slumber so god is a god of supply you are free to eat from every tree in the garden i hope you really enjoyed this broadcast unfortunately our time is up again and i have to wrap up but there's so many things i still wanted to say but join us for services on sunday and wednesday 1025 park street in hetfield you 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 will you will enjoy yourself i'm telling you your faith is going to grow so mightily our time on Sunday is 10 o'clock and on Wednesday is 1800. Please send me your message and tell me how this broadcast is blessing your life on 066-066-0250. Send me an email info at theblessedgeneration.org. Till we meet again, God bless you.